welcome to Deeper Meaning Time. Today is Thinker Series, episode 15, and uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about and uh, give you something to think about today, um, and this is all kind of a, a conspiracy. Ooh. Um, but, uh, you know, whether or not it's truly a conspiracy, I don't know, because uh, after I share with you guys some of this information, it's it's always, it's up to you whether or not you believe it or not. And um, the the evidence weighs heavy on uh, on on truth, but uh, I don't know. There is still quite uh, quite a bit of unknowns. You know, there's too many unknowns uh, about this topic. And uh, so, but I wanted to start today with uh, a brief story. And uh, so I know you guys. I know I've talked about it a couple different times um, about you know aliens. Needless to say. Um, or extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, you know, it doesn't matter what you really call them, but they are species or beings, other human forms, whatever, that aren't from this world. Uh, creatures that aren't from this world, you know, that basically that's it. And, uh, you know, I don't like uh, to necessarily talk about it. It's a, it's a fun topic. And uh, it's interesting, but uh, until something happens to me, um, you know, I'm not sure if I'll ever wholeheartedly believe. Uh, It's weird. It's very interesting. Uh, But there's a lot of evidence, and we'll discuss more things here on uh, on Deeper Meaning Time about aliens and uh, where where and how they have impacted our life in the past and in the present and how they will affect us in the future. But... um, so, with my brief story today, uh, some of you, maybe, maybe not, uh, any of you have heard about the SETI Institute. Well, there's SETI, and then there's CSETI. Uh, the SETI Institute is a government agency um, that is mainly just scientific in nature. Um, and then it's the search for extraterrestrial extraterrestrial intelligence. And uh, But yeah, it's a funded, I believe it's funded by the government. You know, don't, don't quote me on that. And um, <clears throat> there's the C-SETI Institute, which is something that is basically the same exact thing, um, but it has a C on on the front. And uh, Dr. Stephen Greer is one of the founders of it, and uh, he's a very interesting fellow. And uh, we'll talk about him in future episodes. And uh, he, he's he is interesting. But so he had, um, and he has this this channel and um, on YouTube and sort of a um, an outlet I guess that he has created uh, to give himself um, a, a means to to give his message to the public and uh, and he has this YouTube channel called um, serious disclosure and he's running this whole campaign for this thing called serious disclosure and uh and they they had on I think it was on one of their YouTube videos. Either way, it was it was somewhere I had I had dived down deep into some rabbit hole on YouTube, and I found a video, um, and it traced back, and it was one of the one of uh, one of the whistleblower sort of witnesses or whatever you want to call it uh, that Greer had uh, you know f- found and uh, you know got to talk about and share his share his experience. And uh, so one of the stories, and you know, guys, it's it's silly, and uh, when you, when it comes down to it, 
um, when you think about some of the sort of physics of it and different things like that, I, you know, whether, I don't know whether it's possible or not, I don't know. Um, but the, there's a story, you know, for it. So, and then it's a fun story, but, uh, to, so to start with it, it, uh, it was about this, um, uh, you know, he was like a, a sergeant in the military, uh, air force, and he was working at area 51. Everybody knows that area 51 is right. All right. Um, so there's area 51. He was working there and, uh, he was approached by his colonel one day and, um, <clears throat> and they were led into, uh, the hangar and, uh, he was, uh, asked to, um, you know, basically accompany the colonel on, uh, sort of a quick trip, um, in a supposed alien spaceship, alien craft that they had that was housed there. And, uh, so they, uh, they walk in and there's uh, either like a ladder or ramp or something. I don't remember. They, they climb up and they, they get into the, uh, the cockpit and it's just a, that's all it is really. It's just a small cockpit. There's enough room for a few people to stand and, uh, in a circle and uh, around the circle, there's this pedestal and on top of the pedestal is like this, uh, you know, a ball, basically like a lawn ornament, you know, a big metal globe or whatever. I'm pretty sure it was metal. And, uh, so they all put their, their hands on it. And, uh, that's what, and you know, the Colonel asked, you know, everybody put your hand on here and we're all going to think about this one location. What you know, whatever the location was, I don't remember. And, uh, and so he said, uh, we'll, we'll be there soon, you know, something like that. And so they, they close their eyes and they're all touching the, the ball and, uh, the Colonel goes, all right, we're here. And so they all let go and, uh, they're like, oh, you know, they start laughing to each other. It's, it's, it's this guy, you know, this, uh, this sergeant and, and some other guy. There's somebody else there with him. I don't remember who. Sorry, but I should have mentioned that. And, uh, but, uh, so yeah, he was with some other guy and, uh, they were both laughing, cracking up to each other. Like, you know, what is the colonel just pranking us or whatever, you know, what's going on here? And, uh, so he's like, no, you know, let's go outside. So they, uh, they head outside of the craft and as they walk outside, they're, they're met with the sun and they're blinded by the sun and they're in the middle of like a, a desert or something. I, I can't remember where they were, but they were, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, basically. And, uh, they were so stunned by this revelation that they had literally teleported from one location to another. And, uh, and whether or not that, that was their first thought, I don't know, but, uh, you know, they were, they were indeed, you know, kind of freaking out. And so the, uh, the Colonel go, he instructs them and he goes, uh, all right, you know, grab something and put it in your pocket. And, uh, so you, the, you know, the guys grab something and they put it in their pocket and, uh, it was like a rock or whatever they grab. And he's like, all right, uh, let's head back in. And so they head back in and, um, <clears throat> you know, they're kind of freak, both freak, everybody's freaking out and. Except for the colonel, who's just calm and collected. And uh, they all put their hands back on the thing, and they're both thinking about the hangar. Or they're all thinking about the hangar. Uh, the colonel asks them, or whatever, think about the hangar. So everybody thinks about the hangar, and he goes, okay, we're here. So they're like, huh. you know, they start kind of laughing again. They're like, what? You know, there's no way. So they walk down this ramp, and uh, they walk out, you know, wherever, and um, they're back in the hangar. And so they're like, Haha, you know, we didn't go anywhere. What are you talking about? Like some, some adventure there, Colonel, you know, like good joke, you know, you're funny. And Colonel goes, you know, reach into your pocket. And in their pocket is a rock. And, uh, basically, you know, it, it took so much power of the mind, so much energy or something that, uh, 
that the memory of it was left. And, uh, I don't know, it's totally bizarre, totally interesting, and, uh, and yeah, the, the, so the guys were like, whoa, you know, no way, this is, this is crazy, like, we did go somewhere, like, it, how did that happen, and then they're freaking out about, you know, how it happened, how it works, things of that nature, and, uh, so it's just a crazy story, and, um, <clears throat> again, I, you know, I might be wrong as to where, uh, where he was, he might have just been, like, a, a funny interview, um, or something like that on, uh, on, online, he might not have been a part of the C SETI Institute or you know uh, Dr. Greer's group of, of whistleblowers. I, I I can't remember where it was, uh, but it was just an awesome story and uh, that uh, I like telling people. It was a, a really interesting story that uh, that seemed to be plausible. You know, it seemed like it was maybe grounded in some fact. You know, how as to what how it would work, but uh, I don't know. And then the mystery on that, and you know, it's all up to us. But, uh, so, guys, what I wanted to really get into today, and it's not just aliens, you know, in nature, we're talking about people, and we're talking about things that, um, technology, more or less, that uh, could really affect and really alter our lives as people, and, um, and, and we need to discuss about whether or not they're real or not. The government, if that's their, you know, their uh, agenda to keep it hush-hush, then I guess we'll never know, um, you know, maybe until sometime when everybody comes to their senses, something like that. I don't know. But hopefully, you know, if the information is, is real, uh, that, that we'll have discussed it and we'll have come to new conclusions about what we're going to do with this new information and, and the public will be, you know, aware and it will be uh, for the better and for the future of, of our society that we uh, um, understand that there's more life out there in the universe and uh, you know the thing is though guys is that it could all be um as though it's not actually the case you know that we're not uh, all alone or that we are alone you know we we don't know um so we have to discuss these things and uh that's why you know i'm having an episode here on deeper meaning time and uh so there, if of course it, the point here is just that you get a new idea, something new, some new information, um, and you go out on your own and you source it yourself and you find out the, the, the facts and you you learn more about it and and you take that knowledge and you take it elsewhere. And uh, so the next thing, guys, this is this is um, this is this is critical in relation to our society. Um, we need to discuss uh, one man, one figure, uh, known as Bob Lazar, and Robert uh, Robert Lazar. He was born in Florida, um, and uh, I, I, I can't remember his birthday or how old he is necessarily. I know he's getting up there in his age nowadays, um, but uh, he was a supposed theoretical physicist at, uh, and apparently he had worked at MIT. Apparently he had. Uh, you know, gotten some degrees from MIT, degrees from Caltech, and that he had worked there, um, that he had worked uh, for Los Alamos National Research Laboratory, um, that he had several different types of credentials, and he claims that he's had all these. Um, but upon looking, you know, you find nothing. There's no credentials of any kind, and uh, places like Caltech and MIT, they, they're like, oh no, you know, if we had records of someone, we would have them promise and uh you know it, it's in bob's opinion that all this is uh, that it is the truth 
um, what he's telling everybody, um, and that the government has has wiped his name clean, has tried to erase him uh, from from the world, from the country, and uh, try to erase him as a person. But uh, Bob, he does run a uh, laboratory equipment store or company uh, called United Nuclear, um, and I think he might, you know, I think he probably runs that somewhere near where he lives. <clears throat> and I, I think he lives somewhere in Mich Michigan, maybe, or Wisconsin, I can't remember. But uh, Bob is a very interesting guy. He, um, so yeah, now, you know, not only do we have missing records of him, we, but we have this crazy story that he gives us, and it's all about aliens, essentially, and it's, it's fascinating, and we need to decipher whether or not this stuff is true. Um, and so here, here we are, uh, 30 years from his first interview, and uh, he is having a movie made about him uh, by uh, director Jeremy Corbel, who's uh, just an investigative filmmaker. And uh, it's called, uh, I think it's called Lazar, or uh, Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. You know, it's to the name of it sounds totally ridiculous, and I highly doubt it's going to get many looks or uh, reviews because I just don't think people are going to be into it. The title sucks. Just saying, Jeremy. Um, you know, I don't know the guy, but whatever. I'm just telling you. You know, that name is terrible. Should have just called it Lazar. You know, it sounds interesting in itself. But, um, so he's making a movie, and uh, there is a small 20-minute documentary um, that uh, Jeremy Corbel's done. Uh, he did it in, like, I don't know, 2013 or something, 2015. I can't remember. Um, but it's a little 20-minute thing he does with George Knapp. And, uh, and George Knapp is a key player in, uh, in this whole topic. George Knapp was an investigative journalist. He um, was on uh, the, the uh, TV station... Um, Channel 8 and K-Loss, K, uh, the Las Vegas TV station. And uh, there he did a, a story back in, I don't know, I think the late 70s or maybe early 80s, I can't remember. Um, but he did a story about Bob, and Bob came to him under, you know, fake name, hiding his face, and he told, you know, some of his story about working there and that they had... Um, interesting technology and things that the world needed to know and that he couldn't keep this a secret anymore um, and that he was having you know threats on his life because he was thinking about you know trying to tell people and that uh, he had shown people uh, friends that this stuff was real and so he had had threats made and all kinds of uh, craziness that he wasn't about to dive any far further into and uh, so so Bob's story you know starts um, back when he first got uh, a letter, I believe, or um, <clears throat> or somebody approached him, you know, out, outside, I'm not sure, I don't remember, but he was offered a job uh, when he was seeking jobs. And, uh, and, and guys, I want to put out, you know, because this is all sourceable, just easy information to find, but uh, on Wikipedia, and there isn't a lot of information about Bob on Wikipedia. I found that interesting, uh, just looking at uh, some of his stuff recently. Uh, but there, on there, it says... Uh, that uh, there was a um, a ufologist uh, Steinbeck or something like that. I can't remember his name, but uh, that he had sort of debunked a lot of Bob's claims, and that uh, Bob was taking electronics classes um, when he said he was going to MIT, and that uh, when he said he was going to MIT, and you know, this is in Massachusetts, but he was taking electronics classes in Las Vegas or or Los Angeles. I mean. 
So, you know, his story doesn't really quite add up in a lot of areas. And the Wikipedia page you can easily look at uh, does tell a lot of interesting information. And, uh, you know, it does make you kind of skeptical about the man. Um, but I encourage you to listen to him and listen to the way that he describes his story. And, and, uh, and I think that you can probably come to your own conclusion. And, you know, and I believe it would probably be the same as mine. Um, that he isn't lying. And uh, and so here's the interesting thing, because uh, sort of a small documentary was done like 20, 20, 25 years ago about Bob that George Knapp did. And it was just this large investigative report about him after uh, Bob came out and released his name. Um, he had had all kinds of attempts made to end his life. Uh, there was like a, some motorcyclists or something on the highway that were shooting at him and trying to get him to run off the road. And um, he had had all sorts of threats made by the government, he believed, and uh, that they were going to take him down. But, but uh, so, you know, the story is, is, is large. And, um, but yeah, it starts with Bob and, and George Knapp in the beginning in this interview. And, uh, and so Bob's, you know, explaining all this stuff to him. And, and, uh, and Bob, just the way you listen to him, you know, it's, he seems like he's telling the truth and he's very adamant about not needing this publicized and not needing, you know, he never has had publicity really from this and he never has been paid for anything. He's never, and there's no, you know, no marketing campaign for him. He, he doesn't like the limelight, doesn't want this to be, you know, his life. He wants his own life. He likes his private life and he, you know, he, he's not trying to give that up. And that's why he came out with this information was because he thought his private life was in danger, that the government was, you know, going to withhold, keep giving him this information and make it so that, you know, he literally couldn't talk to anybody anymore, that he was just their little puppet. And, um, but so he worked, so he worked, um, he worked at Area 51 and, uh, shortly after working at Area 51, he's telling George Knapp all this stuff, um, you know, while he worked at Area 51 and, uh, they moved him over to another location called S4 where, uh, he was told that he was going to be reverse engineering spacecraft and that he would be, um, you know, he would be figuring out how their propulsion systems worked and their uh, sort of engines or, you know, uh, cores, how they operated, things like that. And uh, so he's like, well, you know, wow, you know, what are you talking about? You know, whatever. And so he you know, jump, jumps in the truck during lunchtime and then he's heading out to his new assignment. Now they're coming around the side of this mountain. Um, and uh, so S, uh, it, uh, it's called S4, is what he said. And uh, S4 is located um, basically south of Area 51 around sort of this mountain range. It's around, uh, and then there are photographs, interesting looking photographs of what appear to be um, indeed some type of, you know, metal or maybe some type of uh, something that is embedded into the side of the mountain, just as Bob said. And he says that there are. Uh, several hangar doors on the side of this mountain that are all painted and camouflaged to look just like the mountain that he barely even recognized them um, but that one was open and that was the only reason that he he noticed and could tell that they were actual hangar doors and uh, so he's led into this hangar and um, uh, you know however they're you know, I don't know if they're up in the hill or whatever how they get in but they're they're led into this hangar and he's you know led to uh, the hangar and, and in the hangar he's looking at a, a UFO you know, a giant flying saucer, um, of sorts. And he says that he can see clear to the end of this hangar and that there are nine other craft uh, that are shaped. I think one he said was a large triangle. One was a, a large sphere. 
there was one a few flying saucer styles and one was uh, flipped on its side and had been uh, blasted with some type of um, you know weapon that they were testing its ballistic uh, resistance and things like that and that they had been uh, you know doing all kinds of work that they had been retrofitting and trying to make it so that one of these uh, UFOs was flyable for a human that all most of these craft were all for small individuals that were not the size of humans and so there's tons of details and information about this stuff um, that is all just unique and interesting in itself and the fact that Bob would go into lengths to make it all up you know I don't know what he'd do it he says he wouldn't you know he says why would I lie about all this and um so Bob, you know, he keeps telling his story and they, they basically had him working there. And while he was working there, he'd, he had seen um, alien beings and that he had seen, I think he even said he saw one in a, in a conference with a, with a colonel or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Bob, Bob saw all kinds of things. He saw dead alien beings there. And um, he had heard the stories about the, the Roswell incident, um, and that it, it was all you know, it was all real. Everything happened, and uh, that was where it all started. Really, was the Roswell incident, and so he had been given all kinds of information through talking to various people that uh, worked there and um, just gaining insight information there. And so this sort of stuff sort of boggled his mind just so much. And the fact that it was so intriguing and then, you know, he, he, when he got, once he got to work, he, he came to realize that he understood this, uh, this craft, these craft and how they were operated, how their propulsion systems worked and, um, that they, that they ran off of an element that at the time had not been discovered. This element 115, um, unobtainium had not been discovered until, um, 2003, but he was hypothesizing it uh, back in the late 80s or early 80s, whatever, whenever it was. And um, so that's incredible in itself. And he said that these craft ran on it, that they turned, that the, uh, the, the engines, um, whatever, the uh, craft's core was, was actually taking this matter, this element, and transferring it, transforming it into fuel, into energy, just pure energy that uh, the craft was using to propel itself. And uh, that that was propulsion systems and that they had different means of anti-gravity systems that worked off of uh, different, um, uh, I, I can't remember what he said, you know, s spinning magnetic um, fields and thing, you know, something, however they were generated with some type of magnetic motor or whatever. But uh, that these craft and he, Bob can tell you everything about them. You know, he was there working on them, as, as he says. And uh, so, guys, this is where, you know, I don't want, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to spend, you know, a whole hour talking about Bob Lazar. Um, we'll, we'll definitely be spending more time here soon. I'm preparing another longer episode um, all about kind of some conspiracies. Uh, Bob Lazar is going to be definitely the main one. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, about whether or not these things should be discussed and why they should be discussed and uh, their implications of, of being true. And uh, what what you know what's actually going on in the in the um, you know behind in the back you know, on the on the green screen what's going on there that uh, we don't really see, and um, and I think there's quite a bit going on. And so we'll get into more. But uh, so the thing about Bob, guys, I just want to leave you leave you guys with this. Bob was given you know in his uh, one of his first the first little documentary that was made with George Knapp. He he was given a poly a polygraph. A lie detector test. He sat down and went through a bunch of questions, um, 
And many people, you know, skeptics all say, you know, oh, Bob could have taken uh, lots of time, you know, to practice and, and actually believe in everything he was saying to the point that he could uh, make the test determine that he wasn't false or that he wasn't lying. Um, so people, there are a lot of skeptics out there, but uh, the fact of the matter is that he sat down and did a polygraph, you know, and, uh, and, he, and he passed all the tests and he seemed pretty normal doing it, you know. He, he, he seemed normal doing it. He was just being uh, a person taking a test. It's what it seemed. It, it, nothing out, out of the blue seemed, uh, you know, seemed to be going on. But um, so Bob, he's, he's just a, he's a fascinating man. He's a fascinating guy, character um, to, to look into. And I highly suggest you look into him. And uh, so coming up here soon, I'm not sure if it's out to be released this year or not. Um, I think it is, maybe. Maybe it's next year, though. Um, but there will be a premiere in Las Vegas um, for this movie that is uh, all about Bob. And um, I highly suggest that when it comes out, everybody, you know, you, you spread the word and you watch it and you see if it's any good. Um, when we, we pass on, we, we get people to, uh, to know that this is... This information's out there, that this maybe is a truth and a possibility. And Bob has never changed his story. His story has been straight since day one. He's never changed it in any sort of way. He's never added to it or taken away from it. He's never forgot parts or made up parts. You know, he's he's been honest every time. You know, you watch him in the interviews and with his eyes and his, his body language is a little interesting sometimes, but he's a nerd. You know, I don't know what else to put it that way, but he, he's, he is an iconic man. You know, there's a great face and, uh, that, uh, that he has that really represents this, the beginning of Area 51 and the whole conspiracy behind it and everything. And so we need to understand, we need to figure out if it's real, uh, real deal or not, you know, um, but so guys, you know, I want to leave you just with this thing to think about, uh, this thinker series episode. Um, and, uh, it, mainly, you know, just Bob, just Bob Lazar and his interesting, intriguing, uh, quirks and the, and the story that he has to share with everybody. And, um, I think there's a lot to it. I think there's more to it. I, I truly do. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think in due time, I, that's it really requires a, a broad discussion amongst all kinds of of walks of life and to, to understand and to dive into our own government to figure out if it's true you know we have slowly had more and more and more documents released regarding things like the JFK assassination and it does seem to lean towards and I even see yet still people say oh no the JFK thing was you know it was Lee Harvey Oswald you know, it wasn't the government. What are you talking about? But uh, we know that the government takes part in conspiracies. Watergate, you know, things like that. There's, uh, what was it, like um, the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Uh, I, I'm not sure. There's, there's another, there's a few more that were these just big, big misleading campaigns that the government was pulling off. And so, I mean, these are, con conspiracies are real. And, and things happen. And, um, we need to discuss them. We really do. It's, uh, there's no reason not to. Um, and I'm not saying that they should be, you know, your life and that uh, it should be all that you think about and all that you do. But you just need to realize and understand that there are conspiracies and we need to not just, you know, laugh at them. That this information, that you, you can think about this stuff. 
And you can process it on your own and you can come up and you can be like, oh, you know what? That's possible. What if? You know, there's always what ifs. And why not lean towards the right one? Come on. I mean, it's like everybody is just so just stuck in the status quo. Everybody's too scared to, uh, you know, to give up the normal the normal life that they live where, you know, aliens aren't real. It's all just in movies. Life's just peachy keen. That's really what I think it is. It's people are scared. You know, this it's a it's an age of of people that uh, I think are slowly transitioning out, and they were there are people that are non-believers uh, wholeheartedly. Um, but I, I think that people are coming around the bend, and more and more people are really understanding that there's no way in hell we can't be the only things out here. And uh, so I don't know. You know, we have a lot more to talk about here, and we have already discussed quite a bit of different topics. Um, regarding aliens, but we definitely have a lot more to talk about, and uh, that's what I'm really excited about here on Deeper Meaning Time, is uh, sharing more of these ideas with you guys, and uh, so stay tuned, look forward to um, the next episode, it's going to be a lot longer and more detailed, uh, sort of about Bob and about conspiracies, and um, you know, it, it's just, this stuff's interesting, it, it's fun to talk about at the least, so uh, we'll give it a shot, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, so guys, you know the motto, and as always, keep thinking. You know, just please keep thinking. Please keep thinking. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed your uh, Thanksgiving holidays, and I, I hope you're enjoying uh, every day, you know, of your, uh, of your life here on this uh, wonderful planet here in this great cosmos. And, uh, guys, yeah, keep thinking. But uh, I'll talk to you guys later. My name's Evan. Thanks for listening. Thank you.